Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This was an interview of me by Bren Jones, who's the co-host of uh, the Cloud 259 podcast about uh, track and field, mainly track, I think, a lot of endurance running and stuff like that. He's also a card collector, and so he wanted to talk about track cards and uh, when are they going to get hot. We had a nice conversation. I hope you enjoyed mainly motivated by his questions of me, but you can listen to his whole episode. But this is just a short lit for what I think would be worthwhile for some of my listeners. So appreciate uh, y'all and thank sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Augustus Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsey.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So you want to know about track and field? Brent Jones is the guy and here he is. We're thankful, though, for Sports Illustrated for Kids, because many of yes. the athletes you mentioned, their first appearance, I think, and in some cases, very early in their careers, was through Sports Illustrated for Kids. And they are perfect. Yep. But the organized hobby accepts those. Now, what you're talking about is Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, and other major licensed uh, card companies. There have been some isolated instances of inclusion in some of these multi-sport sets, but just a set uh, dedicated to track, it's very much facilitated if you have group licensing rights. So I don't know that track and field athletes are unionized or having a, a licensing association. Typically, in some of these other situations, is individuals. So Upper Deck could come up to uh, an athlete and say, would you like to be in this set? It's got a lot of different celebrities. So that's happening. But nowadays, with the new landscape and fanatics entering, it's possible you talked about a void or a gap. I see it yeah. as an opportunity. Is that, exactly. The names yeah. you're mentioning, the Olympics is every four years. And so you see the prominence. But during the year, there's as you do in your podcast, there's a track season more than just every four years. It's like World Cup in, in soccer. It's every four years, but they're doing soccer cards every year. I, uh, my guess is that track and field cards are on the horizon. Is that right? And and what gives you that thought? The uh, NIL, the ruling for NCAA that allowed mm -hmm. for, and everybody read that as basketball and football, that these local celebrity and future superstar athletes in those sports now had the ability and the right, indeed, to exploit their own name, image, and likeness, even when they're in college and an amateur status. There's no reason why that couldn't be an outstanding track uh, and field athlete as well. Already, Tops has jumped into that. You're pretty much signing these amateur athletes individually, but if it doesn't affect their NCAA status and their amateur status, then, mm -hmm. uh, then cards can't be very far behind, Brent. So I, I take that as a good I hope that's the case. And note that there are parts of the track and wheel field world and the marathon world that are somewhat organized. There is a U.S. ATF national championships every year on the track. And you could get track athletes or field athletes, any of whom qualify for that meet. There are qualifying standards. If it could be organized where athletes in that event can sign off to have their cards or some agreement can be made, a group licensing agreement. It seems to me like a pretty easy set to publish. Similarly, for marathons, there are six world marathon majors. And you've got a guy, Elliot Kipchoge, who's toward the end of his career, but he's basically the Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, the, the best marathoner of all time. It seems to me like there's not only a national, but an international market for some of these athletes. With card collecting, I know U.S. baseball cards, Tops is focused on baseball, football. Generally, I think of this as an American market. Is there an international market or a potential international market for international track and field athletes? Basketball, football, hockey, they've all been increasingly international over the last few years. Mm -hmm. The explosion we've seen with COVID and hopefully post-COVID coming up. All these sports are pretty international. Now, baseball is America's pastime. 
Mm-hmm. Football has really tried to market internationally. Basketball already is international in the player base and track and field is. So I don't think that's a disadvantage. I think that's an advantage. Cards are not hard to publish until you start talking about distribution. It's not hard to make a card. It's not hard to print a card. You do have to get the rights and getting them signed. There's some logistic things, but all these marathoners are coming together at one time. So there's a way to uh, assemble the set or the autographs at that point in time, and it could be event related. So the key really is distribution. There would be interest at that particular marathon for people to commemorate with a set or get some packs, whatever it is, that would be good. But the ongoing sales and distribution, the long legs of the set would have to be either the player collectors or the completists, some of the types of collectors that we've seen that want to go back and get last year's sets or uh, their favorite player from two years before or their favorite runner or whatever it was. And then they'd be looking at what is their first card, their quote unquote rookie card. And yeah. so, But it'd be a lot of fun. Again, it's a free world out there. And I don't see why track and field shouldn't uh, join the party with gusto. Do you have any idea whether Tops in losing baseball has an opening here? <laughs> exactly. No, they absolutely know that. They've been a little bit more aggressive on soccer because that's mm-hmm. still open. They went in, they moved into this, the NIL space of college basketball and future NBA players. And, and so I think the crisis they have is really an opportunity and it's an opportunity to broaden their vision. And I think that vision ought to include track cards. I'm totally with you on that. I'm really glad to hear that. You know, I'll note that in regards to the international market, there are some, if you're looking for real prize track cards, a few Jesse Owens cards that oh, are out there. Exactly. And and they were printed in, ironically, I suppose, in Germany. Some in Germany, uh, yeah, for the yeah. Olympics. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, but he's got other stuff around here, too. He was a cultural icon and, a, and an incredible track star. But yes. Yeah. So in, in trying to collect whatever track cards I could. I did stumble upon what seemed to be the agreed upon Alice and Felix rookie card, which is uh, the perforated SI for kids card. Just for my own edification, how are these graded when you send in a perforated card to a grading company such as yours? Are the graders looking carefully at the perforation? Can you get a gem mint 10 out of a perforated SI for kids card? It may be technically possible, but uh, the the problem Mm -hmm. is if you machine cut them, what Mm -hmm. happens to the perf? And if the kid folds it and tears it, if it's a mistorn, it's going to get a bad grade. But what is perfection when it was distributed that way? (laughs) So they have their standards. You could get a mint grade. I don't know if you you could get a quote unquote mint from more than just uh, BGS. But again, it wouldn't be uh, an eight-year-old kid ripping them out. I'm not quite sure how to do that. Some more sophisticated cutting technique. There's some laser cutters and, and blade cutters. But I don't think it'd be your hands, and I don't think it'd be a pair of scissors. No, I, I don't think I'll mess with it. But they can get good grades. And when they get good grades, the price goes way up. I Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Felix cards graded at all or slabbed at all. I think that even if they come back as fives or sixes, it's, it's still a good it adds card. value to the card. It's yeah, still it's, a good it's, card, it's a, yeah. It authenticates it, and it protects it. And to take into account the difficulty of getting really near mint or mint condition for a card that was really just part of the... Let me ask you one more broad strokes question. I sense that cards now are being used to promote the sport, but also the sport is promoting the cards. It's almost a two-way street. Do you agree with this? Could track cards be used to promote track and field the sport itself? I think the answer is yes and yes. And I think that the Major League Baseball Players Association and the Basketball Players Association, the Football Players Association, that is the realization that they've come to 
in choosing fanatics. They are now part right. of the, the game. And I think right. they have come to the realization that if they promote the cards and the cards promote them, the symbiosis is the reason why I think fanatics made a huge splash. They're cutting right. players in. There's a there's a going to be a participation in the profits. And it would only be because of what you said, that if they're getting a piece of the profits, well, then why wouldn't they then chip in, promote the cards, promote the sports? It could be beautiful, Brent, and it could be a roadmap for what uh, track could do as well. Absolutely. And I'll just say to compound that based on my on the ground running experience, running with clubs in New York City and runners. First off, a lot of people take pictures of runners. A lot of great photographers take a lot of wonderful pictures of runners. You see a steeplechase, for example, you can get these wonderfully synchronized shots of the steeplechasers. But not only that, runners tend to, from what I've seen, like social media and they post all of these photos all over their Instagram. And the professional runners that Greg and I have spoken with, we've been I'm thrilled at how accessible they are and and how it's a very inclusive sport. It's a sport that it's very diverse. The headlining American track stars are women. A lot going for it from a cultural standpoint that it would seem, in addition to running, promoting health, might be something that's appealing to a company like Fanatics or whoever. It just hits a lot of the right cultural notes, I believe. I think you're exactly right. I'm old enough to remember back in the day when the amateur athletes were really amateurs and they had to get part-time jobs. I guess I would say it's easy money for these track athletes to sign their name and to give over the rights to use their name, image, and likeness in a card product that people would enjoy and interact with. The photographers, there's amateurs and professionals. There's yeah. photography that would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And with the track and field athletes, one thing I've been struck by in covering these events is you get all kinds of different body types. It's very interesting. The sprinters have quite different musculature from the milers to the marathoners. And then you got the shot putters and it's all very positive body image, health reinforcement. There are a lot of things that are very positive about track and field that I would love to promote generally. And it seems like the athletes can get something out of it. That would be fantastic too, because in track and field and marathoning, how it works generally is the very top tier get paid. There's a, a wide mid-tier that they're struggling uh, to make money and they're dependent on their sponsors. Some of the contracts are based on performance and it's just a little touch and go. Where our podcast is coming from is simply we're trying to promote the sport. Ideally, the big stars just sign up and take one for the team. They don't hold out for the huge percentage that make it difficult for them to sign. That's when you have an association. You realize that you have up-and-comers and you have the people that have already made it. You have the, the stars and, and the, the qualifiers or whatever. So yeah, I would hope they'd be contributing to the positive of the sport. Yeah. And again, some yeah. of these younger guys or the up-and-comers, if they hit it a few years later, the driver for that particular set that came out in 2021 could be this forgotten or also just included person that hadn't uh, hit his or her stride. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. It, when you're opening up your 2016 product and you're looking for the guys that have already made it, there's still some people in there that haven't made it and mostly maybe never will, but there's yeah. maybe a couple more that might hit it. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be great. A track is an individual sport, but there's esprit de corps and camaraderie, the shared struggle of, I think most of the track athletes I've known, they speak the same language. I mean, they, they oh, absolutely. The commitment. And I'm sure there's some natural ability there. It's an individual sport. There's the team aspect in college, but also on the pro level, I think there is one could view it as teams, the sponsors as being the teams, whether the Saucony runners or sometimes who the coaches of that training group or different training groups that are quite well known. 
but they're identified in the main meets basically by their sponsor. And then, of course, in an international competition where they're from. You're mentioning just to get into social commentary, which can stub anybody's toes. But yeah, yeah. When you hear about body positivity, what you've done is you put context into it. Is that if you looked at an athlete, that's why BMI is misleading. Mm-hmm. Because many of the field athletes might be regarded as obese when they're very muscular, they're very fit. But you do the math, that mm-hmm. body mass index comes up a number that if you just looked at the number, you'd say, well, this person's way overweight. So the body positivity, whether you're a guy or a gal, whether you're in track or not, really ought to be in context to what your goals are and what you're trying to do. The marathoner shouldn't have the same body type as the yeah. sprinter, as the shot putter. Exactly. Men and women. But if men and women looked at that and said, these are my goals in life, and here's the body positive that'll help me get there. Track is a great display of beautiful bodies across the board. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a better chance of being beautiful than an unfit body. And so you just have muscles or lack thereof and uh, pliability or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. But athletes uh, are to be commended. And frankly, yeah. track athletes really have a lot of discipline in the sense that they're in many cases, competing against a clock, they're competing against other people. But in another sense, they're really just doing, trying to do their best. If they're in a race, everybody's got the same conditions. So they could get beat, but they could have a personal record and not yeah. win and be happy, yeah. I think. So it's, it's just different. I'm very encouraged by your positive reaction to these suggestions, this pitch for track and field cards and marathon cards. 